Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 105 of Wrestle Life Radio. I'm your host this week, Kyle Polly, and I'm here with my cousin, Micah. That's right. Some might say the best cousin. Some might say that. Some some <laughs> might be right. Uh, yeah, Matt has taken a, uh, what, a sabbatical this week? Is that the proper term? Yeah, he's uh, he's out on injury. Uh, yeah. As as Tucker, he can't be here this week. Or he? What is the uh, what is what is the term they're using in WWE now? He is. Uh, uh, I can't remember it. The one they use for the Intercontinental Title that's like completely ridiculous. Vacant. Uh, <laughs> that's no. That's the human word. The WWE yeah. word that I'm sure Vince McMahon wrote is. Oh man! <laughs> Transported to a local medical facility. <laughs> Yes, Matt is at a uh, at a local facility right now. Yeah, he had an overdose of WWE television, and uh, he's on a quick IV drip of old TNA and WCW programmings, as well as a little bit of uh, the current AEW programming. So, yeah, he's also doing the indie focus shows. If you haven't seen those, check those out. They're always very good fun. I enjoy everyone I listen to. Uh, so, yeah, if you guys enjoy indie wrestling and want to support indie wrestling, check those shows out. But uh, this week, it's just me and Kyle. The two best hosts in the show, and I can say everything I want because Matthew's not here. So I mean, he is going to edit it. So, oh man, I, I hope. I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's going to cut the entire intro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I cannot find. I'm looking through all through my notes, and I cannot find this word. I just banked on me remembering it, but it's so ridiculous. Like it's just escaped my brain. But anyway. Uh, this week we're actually going to start things off uh, a little differently and not in the best uh, best of moods, I guess. Uh, we usually open up with uh, this day in wrestling history, but we felt it was appropriate to uh, talk about the unfortunate uh, accident that's that's happened. Uh, if you have been paying attention at all, uh, you've heard about Chad Gas- Gaspard. He was obviously one half of Crime Time, which were a great tag team. Were they they're, I believe they're former tag team champions from WWE. Um, but unfortunately, uh, he was with his uh, family just uh, just a couple days ago uh, on the um, uh, they were at the beach, basically taking a beach trip. They, I believe they were at Venice, yeah, at Venice Beach in California. When uh, unfortunately, he, he and his son were caught in a, a riptide and got dragged out into the water. They still haven't been able to find him. What is one thing I wanted to point out, though, obviously. We wish for the best. We we hope that he's he's found uh, safe and sound. I mean, we we can't say that enough. Um, but I, I do think it is worth pointing out that people, you know, they think about a pro wrestler and they think they're like knuckleheads or they're, you know, just the scum of the earth sometimes or you know white trash or something like that. But I mean, if if this was his last, you know, bit on earth, the dude, you know, him and his son were being dragged out. His young son. And the guy reportedly said, no, don't save me first. Save my son. And they were able to save his son. And so if that was his last act act on earth, I mean, man, I think yeah. he'd be fine with it. Yeah, absolutely. He's obviously a hero. And not only that, um, I found out today uh, reading through the news about him that a couple of months ago, he stopped an armed robbery. Yeah. Like, yeah. obviously, he's a fantastic individual. Uh, a real hero um, from everything I've read. 
And yeah, it's it's amazing. You know, I always I enjoyed Crime Time. Uh, I think they really led the way for a lot of current uh, comedy uh, wrestlers in WWE. Um, and always always enjoyed them. Uh, like Kyle said, we really do hope that he is found safe. Um, I believe at this current time the Coast Guard has called off their search. Um, so it doesn't look great, but uh, still we hold out hope that he would be found. Uh, you know, he's he's a fighter, so there's always a chance. But yeah, obviously a great individual. Our thoughts are with his family, his son especially. Um, but yeah, if, if the last thing you do in life is to give your life for your son, I mean, you can't ask for a better way to go out than that, in my opinion. Yeah, definitely. So again, we just we just hope for the best. Um but yeah, I mean, he was, like you said, a great human. He, he did stop a crime. I mean, that was pretty, uh, that made the news. Like he, he was, you know, very much, uh, they shed some light on him of uh, doing that. So, I mean, obviously a good guy up and down. There's tons of wrestlers that have come out wishing the best for him. Uh, well-respected man. Um, and his wife has come out and made a statement as well. But um, obviously we hope for the best. But um, yeah, just thoughts are definitely with the uh, Shad Gaspard family, uh, his yeah. wife and his sons. So, but we will move on and uh, talk about some more uh, uplifting things, ma- mainly these uh, wrestling shows that we got to review every week. That's right. They're here for our entertainment. They're essential. Yes, definitely. So, Michael, why don't you let let us uh, get into AEW Dynamite? Take us through uh, what happened this this past week. All right, we're going to open up for the pre-taped uh, version of Dynamite. As you know, they've got a schedule right now where they're doing two weeks at a time to keep uh, cross-contamination possibly uh, to a minimum. You know, you don't want people traveling too much uh, right. during this. You don't really want people traveling at all, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, you've got this week was filmed last week. Last week's was live. This week's pre-taped. Next week is live. I think that is worth mentioning because as weird as it is, you can kind of tell a difference between when the show is live and when it's not. Even if there's no fans, it doesn't make any sense to me. I didn't feel it. I didn't think it was right either. But man, it just feels different. I don't know. Uh, you start the show out. Of course, we've got... Uh, I'm sorry, did you want to say something? Uh, I, it's also a Daly's Place. It, it was last week as well, right? Yeah, yeah uh, Daly's this, Place in Jacksonville. It does help a little bit because that place is so cool. Like, Yeah, it's a really cool arena. Uh Matt and I were actually privileged enough to go to one of the shows. Very cool spot. I love unique uh, arenas, as I've said before. Uh, It's a really cool place to have a show. And not only that, they've got like, I want to say probably 100 people there uh, with staff and audience and everything. Um, They've they've got quite the the setup there um, to to add some atmosphere to the show. Yeah, definitely. You can definitely tell the difference. For sure. Uh, but uh, you've got the whole commentary team there, as I was saying, which is great. you got Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, Excalibur back on this week's show. And uh, we open up the show to the theme of the Murderhawk monster, uh, Lance Archer, and Jake the Snake Roberts. Uh, as Archer's coming out, he's just attacking an innocent bystander, as he does. I think it may have been uh, one of the jobbers we've seen recently from the Atlanta tapings. Uh, yeah, he just has this thing now in his entrance. You know, John Moxie goes through the crowd and... Archer kills people. So if you're in the back near the entrance, when Archer's music hits, run away. Um, I mean, somebody needs to be out there. Cause if he's not, he's, he's just going to start killing the camera guy. That's true. That's true. And then we won't be able to see any of the beauty that's it's to come. Yeah. Uh, 
after as he's coming out, there's a little recap about the uh, whole Brandy Rhodes thing last week, which we talked for at length about. Uh, so I won't go too much into that. So we're going straight into Jake getting on the mic. And uh, he basically says that he's going to apologize just as soon as Brandy kisses his butt. Uh, I'm sure that's a trait he learned from his ex-boss man. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's, 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 he's giving no apologies. And uh, right. he really plays on the old man uh, gimmick of saying mm-hmm. that a woman's place is at home cleaning, uh, powdering babies' butts, changing diapers, and occasionally when he gets cold to warm him up. My wife did not <laughs> like that line. Uh, he plays, so- I will say Jake plays a very convincing, creepy old man. Yeah, he's a, he's a real heel. Uh, yeah. You know, he's not, he's not got that go away heat. He's got that, uh, I'm the creepy uncle and, and nobody wants me to come to the family reunion heat. Uh, yeah, I, I, Hey, it's working. It's, it's good heel heat. Uh, it's old school. Uh, something you don't see every day nowadays. I'll, I'll say right. that. Yeah. Um, but as he's talking, we hear a loud engine revving. And like we said, Daly's place is an outside auditorium. And so, like, at the beginning, I'm thinking, like, oh, man, is this pre-taped? Why didn't they edit that, like, motorcycle out? What is what is that? And then he keeps going. I'm like, this is why, – why, what is what is going on? And then Jake, like, acknowledges it, and I'm like, what is this – like, what, John Moxley coming out with his GT? What's, what's going on? And no, out of nowhere, you see Cody right by the entrance in the most Cody way possible, sitting in his extravagant customized Black Ops F-150 – Revving his engine, just just mad. He's just so mad. He is so mad. He just floors his truck at about five, maybe six miles an hour. <laughs> and he hits a barricade like four feet in front of him. And he gets out. And that is the most grandiose, just what? Like, what a weird way to knock over a barrier. Was he listening to the promo on his radio? I don't know, man. His windows were rolled up and he's just like, I was like, man, he's going to, he's going to circle the ring. Like they don't have that kind of room out there. You know, I was like, what is he, what is he going to do? And he just floors it for like, I don't know, six feet and knocks this barrier over and gets out. And I'm like, this is the most Cody Rhodes, dramatic overbooked thing I've ever seen in my life. He should have run over the jobber. That would have been the way to go. Oh, that would have been great. If he would have like put it in reverse and actually just hit the jobber. Just like. He starts getting up from his beat down and Cody just <laughs> runs him over, parks on top of him. Uh, proving yet again that Cody is the real heel in AEW. Uh, no, Anything just, you could do, Archer, I could do better and just runs <laughs> him over. But yeah, Co- uh, Jake is like, what the heck, man? What are you doing? I'm trying to cut a promo here. And and Archer comes out and meets him halfway and Cody's fists are all taped up. And uh, he, he like took the time to tape up his fist, but he's still wearing a suit. Like, I don't know. It's stupid. It was stupid. This This segment was stupid. The Cody part, at least. I've talked, I think, a couple weeks ago about Cody's overbooking and drama and everything he does. It was just overbooked. It was just too much. To it was too much to not be to be what it was. Like right. I'm okay with too much. Right. I'm okay with bringing tigers to the arena or whatever. I'm not okay with you revving up your truck and making this big deal and then hitting a barricade because you don't want to scratch your truck or whatever. It's just it's, it was stupid. Yeah. Uh, he he runs around the ring and him and Archer, Archer get into it and blah blah blah. Uh, Cody basically gets the upper hand on Archer and Jake 
Ar- Archer gets back up because you know he's a killer and and he's punching him in the face and he's just not do- he's not responding he's not selling it he's playing the fiend gimmick and uh, Jake basically comes in and is like not now not now save it for double or nothing he uh, calls Cody a punk and they left and I don't know this was just it was just it was too much for me um, I like Archer I like Jake and I like Cody sometimes but reel him in folks just reel him in he sees too much. <laughs> He, he, I know a lot of people compare him to Triple H, especially with him and Brandy and him being in the role he's in and the entrances and all that. But he does have a little bit of H in him when it comes to that type of. Uh, yeah, and he, I mean, he, he does Dusty, like to do that type of thing a lot. Dusty wasn't uh, completely innocent of it either. Right, so, it's true. Uh, I think I think it may come. I think it may run to the family more than the Triple H comparison because I don't really see him burying people. I mean, he lost to MJF, no, but it's just no. everything he does is just it's just over the top. And some people yeah. are just that way, and he definitely is one of those people. Uh, uh, after that, we have a look into the tag team scene, kind of refreshing you on what's going on uh, recently for the tag teams. And that leads us into the first tag team match of the night, uh, Jurassic Express versus The Best Friends, and that is Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus versus uh, Chuck Taylor and Trent, because they are both trios, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so they have the full ring entrance you have pyro and everything which i think is great um during these times i think it's very important to make it feel like a regular event so the fact that tony khan didn't you know is is bringing in pyro and everything is 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 really cool to me um some people may say it costs too much blah 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 he's a billionaire he can afford it it's fine well i'm pretty sure if wwe tried to do it they'd probably kill somebody in that small arena but do you do you remember the uh this is, this is completely unrelated do you remember that episode i think it was raw years ago where they caught the roof on fire uh, everybody was chanting, everybody was chanting the roof the roof the roof is on fire that's like my first memory of monday night raw i don't know, I know they caught the, they caught the raptors on fire in tna one time and they um, had to i'm pretty sure it was during a pay-per-view and they had to evacuate the building uh, that it may have been TNA also. Uh, it may be TNA. I'm thinking. Of, I don't know. It's great. That's what would happen for sure in the performance center. So they just have that little weak uh, smoke thing they do that makes a really loud noise. Yeah. Uh, anyways, they don't have the privilege of owning an amphitheater. So yeah. AEW one, WWE zero on the pyro <laughs> uh, or the uh, stage uh, scoreboard. So we've got the uh, Jurassic Express versus Best Friends. To get back on topic. Uh, it's 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 a tag team match between these two guys as you would expect. Uh, it's it's good match. It was a, towards the end. I'm not gonna go through everything with the match. I'm gonna kind of run through AEW here. Try, it, I'm trying not to trail off too much, but it's obviously not working. Uh, it was it's a pretty good match. Uh, towards the end, it got a little little overbooked. Um, you basically had you know it was it was it was chaos. It was chaos towards the end. It really was. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's a good good word for it. Um, Jurassic Express was uh, no, actually, best friends were were over in this situation, and uh, all of a sudden, Orange Cassidy is on the ramp there t- in the stage of Daly's place towards the entrance, and man, like a Street Fighter character, out flies Ray Phoenix with pinpoint accuracy, he took Orange Cassidy's head off. Yeah, um, nearly kicked his head off for real. <laughs> and Orange Cassidy's not part of the match, so, again, it's, it's I guess it's okay, there's no DQ or anything. 
You know, AEW doesn't DQ anyways. But, yeah, his head was taken clean off his body. Um, I guess leading into Double or Nothing, the casino ladder match is going to have Orange Cassidy and Ray Phoenix in it, as well as a few other competitors. I think they're going to have nine total, with the ninth being a mystery. Uh, we'll see who that is. Uh, and it wasn't. It didn't just end with that. Um, there was a little a brawl. Uh, there was. Let's see. I'm looking through the match here. There's so much that happened. Yeah, Ray Phoenix comes in. Uh, it there, was were, there were three different instances of beater-uppers that were not involved in this match, essentially. Yeah, so you're back at ringside now, and MJF takes out Jungle Boy while the ref isn't looking, right. uh, throws him back in the ring, because I guess MJF and Jungle Boy have their double or nothing match, uh, and the best friends are able to pick up the win. Uh, Chuck Taylor did the awful waffle on Jungle Boy, the best finisher in all of AEW, and maybe all of wrestling. It's Very good cool. finisher. Yeah. Uh very dangerous looking, but it's it's safe, I guess. He's been in it for a long time. And then after the match, you had Wardlow attacking Marco Stunt. Uh, for I, no reason. I don't know. I guess maybe building to a Wardlow versus Luchasaurus feud, which I'm all for. I'm I'm okay with that. I think that would be pretty good. But yeah, he just killed poor little Marco Stunt with his like F50 or whatever it is. Um, so yeah, you had three uh, altercations outside of the ring. I don't know. It was a little much. Other than that, a decent match. Best Friends came up with the win, which I think is what needs to happen. I think they need to go ahead and put Best Friends in that number one contender spot for the tag titles when things come back to normal and Hangman uh, exits the woods, comes back to his home. Uh, I think they should have a match with Best Friends. May I guess not double or nothing because they're having that stampede match. So uh, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. That we'll have a recap or a preview show of double or nothing. But yeah, Best Friends win. A little overbooked. We move on. Uh, it just it just hit me. I know, I know this is a little bit of a spoiler for what's coming okay. up on Raw. All right. But maybe, just maybe, just maybe, Adam Page is the tiger in the woods the Viking Raiders were talking about. Mm, could be. Or it could be uh, Joe Exotic. So, could be. <laughs> either one. Either one would be okay with me. Actually, no, I don't want Adam Page on WWE. They would just call him Page. And then he would be <laughs> playing basketball or something or soccer. I don't know. Just, no, we don't want that. We want him back on AEW. Please come back to us, Adam Page. Uh, anyways, after that, we have John Moxley entering the arena. Uh, they're doing a recap of what happened with the title being stolen by Mr. Brody Lee. Uh, and what is his name? Is it, uh, uh, whatever. The interviewer guy, Alex Marvez. He's yes. out, out there outside, and he's trying to get an interview with John Moxley. So he's coming in all mad, like, hey, Moxley, he stole your belt. What you going to do about it, basically, is what he said. And Moxley looks at him and shoves him out of the way. He's like, oh, that's a stupid question, and keeps walking, which, bravo, John Moxley. You don't have to answer stupid questions like that. You have stuff to do. You have people to, to, to reprimand for stealing your title belt. You ain't got time for this. So, uh, yeah, we go uh, into the arena, and we have got a women's fatal four-way match. Um, this is a match we have seen before, I believe. Uh, maybe it was a tag team match in the last iteration. It's Penelope Ford versus Chris Statlander versus The Dentist, Britt Baker, and Hikaru Shida. Uh, it, was, it was an okay match for most of it. It was a little sloppy. It really was. Um, my favorite match on AEW as far as women's division has have been the Fatal 4-Way matches. Uh, this was just a little sloppy. There were quite a few botches um, by... 
Penelope Ford and I think Chris Statlander. Uh, obviously not Hikaru Shida. She's amazing. Uh, but yeah, so you had, to end the match, you had Ford handspring into Shida, who hoist her up on her shoulders and down into a backbreaker. Uh, Baker has a lockjaw on Statlander outside of the ring on the floor. And uh, Shida then hits the running knee on Ford in the ring. And she gets the one, two, three. She wins. Uh, after the match, which is really more important than what happened in the match, obviously Hikaru Shida won because they're building her as the number one contender even more to go against Nyla Rose. I believe it double or nothing. I don't think they've announced it yet, but I'm sure that's what's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, outside the ring, you see Britt Baker just still locked into that mandible claw uh, with a glove on, I should say. So good hygiene by the dentist. Yeah. She's got the mandible claw still locked in. And yeah, everybody just kind of walks off and leaves Chris Statlander. So uh, to, uh, some say to this day, she's still in the mandible claw. Who knows? She might be. Yeah, the, the announcers also did a good job of putting over that uh... – Baker was really more intent on damaging Statlander than actually winning the match. Um, so maybe maybe they'll have something going on. Um, yeah, I would really be up for that feud. I think that would be yeah. very good. They need more women's feuds that don't involve the title. Uh, actually thought out feuds. I mean, we had like Shanna versus Nyla on Dark, which was more <laughs> for like two minutes. Yeah, and it was pretty bad, if we're being honest. Like they put some thought into it, but it was bad. The, that table match, it, it that blow-off match. Did you watch that table match, by the way? Shanna yeah. couldn't set up a table. How how long has she been wrestling <laughs> if she can't set up a table in a wrestling match? Yeah, she's been doing it for a while. And I like Shanna a lot. I, I wish she were featured more. I think she probably can't as of now. Uh, I would assume assuming... she's back in France or wherever she's. Is it France? Portugal she's from? Somewhere? Yeah. She's from, she from around here. She's from around here. So... Uh, so yeah. Yeah, they had like a small few that was basically Shanna saying, hey, Nyla, and then her getting slammed at the table, and then they had a tables match, and that was it. So I agree. They, they need to have some more feuds within the women's division that aren't necessarily, not, aren't necessarily for the title. And uh, yeah, Britt is a perfect one to do that. So Yeah, I think that's a good idea. Um, after that, we have a pre-tape promo from Shug D, Mr. Pineapple Pete. Uh, we see basically footage of Chris Jericho calling him Pineapple Pete and the whole amalgamation of that name. Uh, basically, this is how to make a star with Chris Jericho. Uh, I say star, how to make a wrestler with Chris Jericho. Uh, it was a pretty good promo by Shug D, honestly. Uh, he also did a promo early on for that search for Sean Spears' partner, which I guess they dropped for now at least. Um, that was really good. So he's obviously good at the promos, um, and this builds to the match a little later tonight. Uh, after that, we have a AEW Double or Nothing announcement, which does actually confirm, I'm reading this for the first time, I watched the show, I promise, uh, AEW Women's Champion Nyla Rose versus Hikaru Shida. So yeah, they are having that match at Double or Nothing. Mm -hmm. uh, I knew that all along, totally. <laughs> uh, after that, we have the PNP, Proud and Powerful, Santana and Ortiz, versus Kenny, Omega, and Matt Hardy. And this was a really good match. I like this match. Um, I'm not going to say I liked it more than the hardcore match they had against uh, the Sex Gods. But this was a very, very entertaining match. It's pretty hard to beat that match. Oh, yeah, that match was ridiculous. Yeah, uh, yeah they start they, they start outside the ring. Uh, Matt Hardy is biting people. 
basically, he bites his way into the match. He's his mouth's all bloody. I don't know if it's his blood, someone else's blood, a blood capsule, but it was bloody for like the entire match. So I think he was actually bleeding from his gums somewhere. He uh, was uh, he was also as the Damascus character, right? Yeah, he, he was, was Damascus Matt Hardy, not uh, Hardy Boys Matt Hardy. Um, they were sure to mention that. They said, "Oh, this is three thousand year old Matt Hardy," and and Jr. just like, "What? What?" What is this? <laughs> what is this he no sells it. Him and Tony Schiavone are there like, this is weird. And Excalibur is like, this is what I live for. Uh, it was it was interesting to see their reactions to it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Excalibur is a super old Damascus version of the Broken One. Uh, but anyways, he buys his way in, into the match, which is, you know, unhygienic. Come on, man. Social distancing. Uh, don't be biting people. Uh, they make it into the ring. The, the bell finally rings. The match is underway. Uh, Proud and Powerful have some trouble at first. But from there, it's literally all of them in offense for the most part of this match as we head into the first break. Uh, we return from the break, and Santana and Ortiz are still pretty much in the lead. Uh, Omega's been isolated in the ring as the legal man for a while, uh, but he finally shows some signs of life with the Snapdragon Suplex, and he finally makes the tag to Matt Hardy. Uh, Matt Hardy comes in, and he just basically dominates uh, he takes Santana in the corner, uh, bouncing his head off the middle turnbuckle in the funniest way. He was just taking his head and just shoving it into the turnbuckle, shouting, delete, delete, delete. And it was it was great. It was a total like heel move. He was just like bonkers going off on this guy. Uh, and it was, I'm all for it. I loved it. It was great. Uh, the announcers throughout the whole match were talking about the different versions of Matt Hardy, trying to fill everybody in. Uh, basically, a double-team spot leads to uh, Proud and Powerful briefly gaining the upper hand, but uh, Hardy breaks up a sweet street sweeper attempt. I can't I can't talk tonight uh, from Proud and Powerful, and Omega re-enters the picture to make the save for Matt Hardy, and he sets up a twist of fate for Matt Hardy, and uh, yeah, Matt Hardy gets the twist of fate, but his pin attempt is broken up in the last second by the other uh, Proud and Powerful member. Member, uh, I'm going to have to... Matthew, edit all of this. This is awful. <laughs> leaving it in. Uh, anyways, uh, Hardy and Omega double team uh, Santana and Ortiz to even things up a little bit, and they uh, reestablish offensive control. Uh, Omega is once again isolated. Uh, he breaks up a street, street sweeper attempt again, tags in Matt Hardy, who locks in a butterfly submission, which is a really cool-looking submission. Uh, and uh, he's fading fast. But then, who comes in but the Spanish god, limping, wearing a neck brace, with like a crutch in one hand, and dragging a steel chair. It's the funniest. There's got there's got to be many gifts out there. This is the funniest thing <laughs> ever. And Matt Hardy just like kicks the chair out of Guevara's hands, because obviously Guevara's like, He's just disheveled. He's just he's broken. Sammy Guevara is the broken one in this situation. Uh, yeah, he just knocks him out of the ring, and uh, Hardy sets Ortiz to the top rope. Omega runs across for the flying V trigger. Uh, Hardy takes him off the top via his finisher directly into the pin, and the match ends with Hardy and Omega chanting "Delete, delete." Delete, and then they do the gun thing, which is really cool. I'm really all for uh, Omega and Hardy as a tag team, really. Uh, I know we've got Hangman and Omega, but if that ever ever were to go south, maybe uh, Hangman going for the title, I'd be totally cool with this. 
I think Hardy is better in tag team matches. Obviously, the years have taken their toll on his body. So, yeah, Omega and Hardy, they have a lot of chemistry together in the ring. Obviously, Omega would with anybody. And uh, Matt Hardy's very, very prolific in the tag team scene. So, yeah, I, uh, I'm all for it. And uh, after that, JR informs us that MJF's in-ring return is up next. So afterwards, we have a little, we have a little interview with Darby Allen with Taz. He's not really anything to say here. I don't know what they're doing with this. It was weird. Yeah, but I, I think it has something to do with you know Taz has been given his tips each week, uh, which I actually enjoy. Um, I do enjoy enjoy the Taz tidbits. Yeah, we'll call them. So I'm assuming, I'm, I guess they're teasing that Taz might be, you know, become Darby's coach. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't know, know if that's a great pairing, I but I think that's a good idea with his other roles in AEW. I want Sting as Darby's manager. Uh, that would be fantastic, but we'll see if that happens. Probably Dude, not. if Darby and Sting roll out on skateboards. Oh, that would be the coolest thing ever. I would stop watching WWE and just watch AEW each week. They might break 2 million viewers uh, for that. Uh, yeah, but after that, we had a really good segment. Uh, in in her form of English, Hikaru Shida is explaining that she's going to try very hard to win the title and just being a total baby face and just very proud for this opportunity. And uh, Nyla Rose walks in and says, Hey, Hikaru, I found something you lost. And she's like, What? She said, I found your kendo stick, expletive, hits her over the head and walks off. And it was so good. If you haven't seen this, go watch it. <laughs> Nyla Rose, man, when they give her stuff like this, when they allow her to, to portray this persona, I'm all for it. It's, it's, she's really coming to her own with this uh, character she's doing with a little bit of comedic relief. I really, really like it. It's good stuff. Hmm. Did, you, did you see the segment? Uh, I did not see that, that part yeah, of the segment. You're going you're to have to watch it. Like the Shayna ba- Baszler segment from last week's Raw – was the watchable was the segment to watch? That this is the the segment to watch for this week, in my opinion. Okay, uh, okay. I like we'll I like the fun, I like the funny stuff. It's like it's like thirty seconds. Yeah. Uh, anyways, after this, we have MGF versus Jobber. MGF kills Jobber. Uh, MGF talks afterwards. Uh, yeah, he he like he just he submits him. That was it. That was that was the whole match. Yep. Uh, after that, MGF does what he does best. He gets in the microphone and addresses uh, Jungle Boy. Had a really good little segment here. Says he's got a little ring rust, you know. Still felt a little stiff in the ring after that uh, that last match. And he asked the jobber, he was like, hey, w- w- did I feel a little stiff on that one? Which, I don't know if you know, but stiff is a term in wrestling where you actually hit people instead of kayfabe hitting people. Uh, so I think he hit him with some, some real shots tonight. Uh, MJF then goes on to mention that he noticed in the back, which this is not a thing. This is not a real thing. This is not how contracts work, but whatever suspension of disbelief it's wrestling he says that he noticed in the back that marco stunt just had an open contract laying around i guess and uh yeah he he signed on the dotted line so next week you've got mjf versus marco stunt which i'm all for i think that'll be a really good match and yeah poor marco he's just we say that sammy Guevara dies every week but man marco has not been having a good go of it here lately uh poor poor little marco you could say he's a glorified stuntman. Ooh, Marco <laughs> stunt. But um, that's a good one. Edit, edit that, that in, Matt. Edit that in, Matt. <laughs> I got the reaction it deserved. 
<laughs> uh, after that, we have Pineapple Pete versus Chris Jericho. Uh, <laughs> I love, I did see this. I mm-hmm. loved that Jericho is wrestling Pineapple Pete, which is obviously he's going to kill him. But he comes out to the ring surrounded by the inner circle with a baseball bat. Yep. Like, he's the greatest heel. <laughs> he needs all that to defeat Pineapple Pete. Yes. But just, not just only to, that. Just to be sure, to make sure he's going to beat him. He's got to have his backup. And he's got to have his baseball bat. And not only that, he comes out wearing a Pineapple Pete t-shirt. Yep. If anyone has ever done anyone a favor in wrestling, I guarantee you there's nothing more than what Chris Jericho's done for Pineapple Pete. He comes out wearing his t-shirt, which is just free advertising, right? Pineapple Pete wouldn't have sold nearly as many shirts, especially right now with indie wrestling basically being canceled. It, it, he, he just made this man's career. Forever he will be known as Pineapple Pete, and that's all because of Chris Jericho. So I mean, if Jericho isn't inducted into the like wrestling observer hall of fame or like a legitimate wrestling hall of fame this year. I mean, for getting over not only pineapple Pete, but soul train Jones for a little while. I mean, yeah. come on. Yeah. He, I think, I think next he touches turns to gold. Yeah. Next he's got to build up Leroy and uh, have some match. I don't, who's Leroy. I keep, they keep mentioning Leroy. I don't know. I don't know who Leroy is. Uh, Jenkins. Not Jenkins. No, it's not Jenkins. <laughs> Uh, anyways, so the match starts and, uh, Suge D actually gets quite a bit of offense. Uh, Jericho opens up with slapping Suge D in the mouth and that just makes him mad. So he baby faces up and he just unloads on, uh, Chris Jericho and just gets a lot of punches. He pushes Jericho into the corner and I'm like, wow, he's actually going to have a match. And then Jericho's like, nope, Judas effect, you're dead. And yeah, pineapple Pete, RIP, uh, your career was good while it lasted. I'm glad that Chris Jericho could have your final match with you. I mean, that's a dream come true, I'm sure. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, it's that that's it, buddy. You're 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 done. Uh, Chris Jericho is your winner for this short match. Uh, afterwards, Chris Jericho addresses the elite, uh, and you know he's he's got his whole goon squad there. And he questions whether or not the elite are even still a thing. You know, the inner circle's been here week after week. They've been conquering. They've been vanquishing. They vanquished the threat known as Pineapple Pete. And he, he says, you know, they've went through each member of the group one at a time. But what he really wants to do is face the elite, the inner circle versus the elite at double or nothing. No, not in a hell. Uh, what is it? War games, blood and guts match. Yes, blood and guts. But in a stadium stampede match in the Jacksonville Jaguars stadium. Uh, I think WCW may have done a thing in a stadium before. Was it WCW where they had to drag the opponent to the end zone? I don't know if that's what they're going for. Tony Khan is obviously a huge WCW fan. So if that's, if it was WCW, I know somebody did it. Some, some big promotion did it. Uh, I don't remember. I know obviously WCW used to have a spring stampede uh, pay-per-view, but yeah. yeah, I don't think they ever had a stadium stampede match or if I don't think they called it that. I want to say it was like in the cowboy stadium. I don't know. Uh, you know, what, what do I know? I'm only a, a professional reviewer of AEW. Uh, anyways, they, so basically we're having a match in, in the Jacksonville Jaguar stadium and that's all we know. Um, 
like I said, I, I've heard of a match before where they had to drag him in the end zone. I don't know if that's it. That would be kind of dumb. So I hope that's not it. But yeah, they uh, are going to be inside the Jacksonville Jaguar Stadium, which is huge. Uh, I've seen it myself. Empty, as a matter of fact. So it'll be interesting to see that. I hope that they just have like Orange Cassidy be the only person in the stands, just sitting there the whole time, like trying to get like the hot hot dogs and stuff from concessions. That would be that would be really good. Uh, but yeah, this will be interesting. Um, interesting to see who the elite actually are for this match because obviously Matt, Nick, and Hangman are stuck in California. Uh, I say stuck; they could travel to Florida if they if they wanted to. Um, they're not going to get arrested or anything. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. Is is Matt and Nick going to be there? Is it going to be? It's supposedly going to be five v five. I think so. Is it going to be Matt Hardy? Is he going to be in the mix? I don't know. We shall see. Either way. I think this match alone is going to sell a lot of pay-per-view buys. Uh, a lot of people are going to tune in just to see this match. Because, I mean, how often do you see a match in an empty football arena? Like, I think it's like 80,000 people, that uh, 80,000 seats they have. It's going to be ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe there'll be a sell. We don't. I don't know. But yeah, he said he's going to wait for their response. And eventually some music plays. And out comes Vanguard 1. Definitely Re- not a... Returning the t-shirt. That he That's right. That He's he returning the child, to, which I thought he burned, but uh, I guess not. I don't know. Maybe he bought it from uh, from the Maybe uh, stand. Maybe he took the ashes and put it in the lake of reincarnation and brought it back. Uh, that's true. That's true. I forgot about the magic of the Hardy compound. But yeah, the uh, the DJI Phantom, I mean Vanguard 1, uh, flies into the ring, and uh, Jericho's talking to it as it's a real person, like he does. Uh, and eventually, he starts addressing the Elite, and we unfortunately find out why he came out with the baseball bat. He introduces Floyd, the sixth member of the inner circle, and he takes a quick swing and destroys Vanguard One. It was full on Walking Dead Negan style beatdown. I saw an eyeball fly by. It was it was terrible. Uh, I can't believe they were allowed to stream this on national television. Just just what what kind of world are we living in? Uh, and and not, not only that, but the disrespect there at the end, just flipping off the battered remains of Vanguard One. They were all flipping him off. <laughs> they were all flipping him off. So Matt Hardy charges out of the ring. He's lipping to sell the effect of his earlier uh, match before reacting to the broken drone. Like he just saw his family member die. He, he rolls around on the mat in sadness in what remains of this drone. Uh, yeah, and the inner circle is just smiling with pleasure as they run away from Matt Hardy. I don't know. I guess they just didn't want to have, I guess they didn't want to deal with Matt Hardy tonight. So they just left. Um, yeah, it was, it was sad. I was, I'm sad for, uh, for old, old Matt Hardy losing a family member. Uh, after that, we had the announcement for Mike Tyson. He's going to be presenting the TNT championship, not Sting. <laughs> don't care. Anyways. It's, it's, it's the TNT championship. The TNT championship. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I know Mike Tyson's done stuff with wrestling before, but I don't care about Mike. If you're listening, uh, my name is Matt Sin. Uh, I live in Jacksonville, Florida. <laughs> Jacksonville, Florida. Yeah. Come find me. Uh, he's going to edit that part out. <laughs> uh, actually, he said for us to send the timestamps, so we're not going to send any timestamps. He's not editing nope. any of this out. He does, he's not even going to listen to this show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but we have uh, Mike Tyson coming. In. I don't care when non wrestlers are involved in wrestling. That's just my thing. I don't like it. Uh, anyways, we have the main event of the night. 
The Exalted One, Mr. Brody Lee versus Christopher Daniels. I know that it's the main event of the night. It was just, blech. I know they did a lot of build-up of this match, but I didn't really care for it. I don't know. It just didn't, it didn't pull me in. Christopher Daniels is obviously amazing. Uh, he's definitely showing some age, but I mean, golly, the guy's like 50 years old. I mean, what do you, what do you do? He's still doing like springboard moonsaults. And hey, now, he gave us a shout out. You don't uh, disparage this man with his age. Yeah, we definitely didn't pay for that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the cameo tag. I'm sure he remembers this. Yeah, he definitely. We're, we're, he's the number one fan, uh, Mr. Christopher Daniels. Yeah, it was. It was, and it wasn't all him. I didn't. I didn't like Brody Lee really in this match. Uh, I don't know. I think that Christopher Daniels probably got too much offense in on Brody Lee, being the small guy that he is, uh, and they're trying to build up Brody Lee for the championship spot for the uh, Double or Nothing pay per view. I don't know. I mean, he got his best moonsault ever off for a two count which is, you know, more than we've ever seen Brody Lee deal with. And, you know, it's it, usually that's a three count, but I don't know. And then and Brody Lee does his finisher, which is just a discus lariat. And I'll be honest with you, Hangman Page does it better. Sorry, Mr. Brody Lee, he does. You need a better finisher. Yeah, uh, but yeah. he'll probably come up with one. Um, and honestly, this, this match probably would have been better if we, you know, if we had a crowd and, you know, when the story was kind of hotter, it's it kind of, it's late in the game because yeah. Daniel's, you know, with the whole him being the exalted one, I mean, Lee's been here for, I mean, how long? Five, About a month. five weeks. Yeah. Over a month now. Right. So yeah. it probably should have happened pretty soon after his debut. Um, it, it's, it's kind of been a long time coming and yeah. So it, there was a lot of things kind of going against it, but I agree. Yeah. But uh, anyways, Brody Lee, I'm not calling him Mr., uh, won the match, and he's got his AEW championship title with him, I should say. And uh, he actually had a little cool spot in his intro where they introduced him as Mr. Brody Lee, the Exhausted One or whatever, and he pulls aside Dasha and is like, no, you got to say this. And she's like, uh, uh, the self-proclaimed AEW World Heavyweight Champion, Mr. Brody Lee, all like nonchalantly. The same thing happened to exit the match as well. Uh, which is kind of cool. He's got the got the big platinum there with him. But yeah, after the match, we see where the fun really begins. John Moxley's making his way to the ring uh, from the backstage area. He charges the ring, ready to do battle with all of the Dark Order members like a stupid baby face. And uh, yeah, Brody Lee just like shields himself with his bunch of gimp minions to avoid the crazed AEW champion John Moxley. Uh, he John Moxley proceeds to take out the gang. Because I guess the Dark Order is really not that good. I don't know. It was weird. The Dark Order ran from John Moxley. He was alone. There was like 20 of them. I don't know. It's, it was weird. Uh, John Moxley then gets on the mic and promises that... They are losers, so... Because that's that's why they're there. It's, that's, that is true. So maybe they're just... They're scaredy cats. I, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I, I appreciate you looking on the bright side sure. of this. Uh, yeah, so he said that, uh, he basically said that there's going to be a hellstorm of violence at Double or Nothing, blah, blah, blah. He said that he's going to end Brody Lee's career, or may end it, before it even gets started. He drops the mic, his music plays, and he picks up one of the members of the Dark Order he laid out and throws him over the barricade. That was pretty cool. And, uh, yeah, we got a promotion for Shack Life, which is coming up next on TNT. And that was your show. (laughs) Yeah, this, uh, I don't know if you can tell, but this wasn't my favorite episode. Uh, it was, I don't know, looking over, I didn't like a whole lot of it, to be honest with you. Uh, last week's show was, was really good. 
I really felt like they were getting back in the groove, and this episode just kind of filled like some weird filler. Uh, a lot of misses, in my opinion. Uh, I think if I had to rate it, I don't know, I'll give this week a C. Probably a C. Mm-hmm. Just average. And, uh, yeah, so that was that was Dynamite. And, unfortunately, we will have to cut the show a little short this week. Um, we had a family emergency come up during recording, actually. Um, everyone's fine, but uh, we were unable to uh, finish recording. And instead of not giving you guys anything to listen to this week, we figured we'd at least give you AEW. And let's be honest, nobody wants to listen to WWE anyways, right? Am I right, guys? Please don't send me hate mail. That's Matt Sin, Russell Life Matt on Twitter. Uh, just send it all to him, not me. I'm just kidding. Uh, anyways, yeah, that is your review for the week. Uh, we will get back in the groove next week with uh, our WWE regular programming and Raw and SmackDown. But again, we had to cut the show a little bit short. But hey, at least you got AEW and got to see me uh, crap on it a little bit. But yeah, that's our show for the week. Follow us all on Facebook and Instagram at WrestleLife Radio, Twitter at WrestleLife Pod. You can't follow me anywhere, but you can follow Matt at WrestleLife Matt and Kyle on Instagram at Kyle.Polly. But yeah, and be sure to check out our Indie Focus. We've been doing putting a lot of work into those shows, and they are all very enjoyable. And uh, it puts a spotlight on some indie wrestlers who maybe don't have uh, a whole lot going on right now with the uh, current pandemic. But yeah, be sure to check out the rest of our programming. We really appreciate it, guys. And as always, have an absolutely wonderful day.